All right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Brandon. And congratulations, everyone. You made it through the Michigan bye week. Uh, if you're here for the Michigan content, if you're here for the Lions content, guess what? Congratulations. It's another exciting episode. <laughs> We're finally all alone in last place. Yeah, because the last undefeated uh, un, or the last winless team. <laughs> Because the Jaguars had to travel all the way to England to get a W. So, <laughs> but whatever it is, what it is. And the one one thing that I'll I'll point out here, kind of before we start talking about the lines and ugh, ugh, all that, um, is now somehow what is it? The Ravens are five and one. Yeah. When really they should be four and two. Yep. Which is still surprising because they're beating good teams and they didn't really beat the Lions. <laughs> yeah, they kind of played down to the Lions level. Yeah, that was weird. But anyways, I guess what it, it is what it is. But uh, do you want to talk about that super duper exciting, uh, what was it, 34 to 11 game? God, I love the... Uh, unique score there yeah very interesting score um the lions offense was horrendous no it was goffle (laughs) (laughs) and speaking of jared goff he was horrible um the dude's reads are just bad sometimes he gets under pressure and like he scrambles around it's like he panics he doesn't know what to do he's like i'll throw it to my running back (laughs) now 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 and I was talking about it with um friend earlier that like there's there were receivers open on some of his checkdowns and he still just throws to the the running back. Yeah, he's but I mean we didn't really expect a lot more from him. No. But this was what I would say his worst performance yet, so or maybe it was just a combination of the whole thing just being so bad and so boring. Like that's kind of one thing too, with like the lions being in the state that they are where it's just like, okay, we know you're bad, but could these games just not be so awful to watch? Like lose fine, but make yeah. something entertaining. It doesn't even have to be close. But yeah um man there's like not really much to talk about with the offense i mean hawkinson was really the the whole offense he had 70 some yards receiving um our amazing receiving core did next to nothing uh saint brown had quite a few receptions but not very many yards uh the rushing game was even worse uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Julian Aquara and Austin Bryant both had a sack. Uh, Oruwariye had an interception. And uh, Derek Barnes led the team in tackles. I thought he played pretty well. I mean, honestly, I thought the defense it's, as a whole played decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they gave up 34 points, but they were on the field a lot because the offense was so horrible. Yeah. And I thought they did a good job of um, 
slowing the Bengals down. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jamar Chase only had like 97 yards receiving, and I thought he was really going to like explode on the Lions. Yeah, I would definitely say that the Lions was or the Lions, the defense was the one kind of redeeming factor, and I'm totally with you on that. Where they were playing just way too much to even make it a competitive game because the offense wasn't giving them anything. Yeah, they they really kept the team in the game for the most part, and it wasn't until like the second half, really. Like, even, like, mid-second half where it started to get out of reach. Yeah. So I mean, it was just that fatigue, you mm -hmm. know, being on the field, like, 80% of the game. Yeah. They they held them pretty good, and so you can't argue too much with that. But it was kind of overshadowed by – the lack of offense performance and then gosh just how boring it was always back-to-back weeks of just horribly boring games except for like the last two minutes of last week or three yeah that's about it uh i guess the Bengals. you know joe burrow threw for three touchdowns um mixon had 94 yards and chase had 97 yards Mm -hmm. but I thought yeah. for sure Chase was going to have a huge game because, oh gosh, how many yards did he have in the first half? I swear it was probably like 70 yards in the first half. At least. Well, it is to mention, too, that they put the backup in in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Backup quarterback, so. Yeah. Which was probably better than golf, but. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> He was Goff's old backup. Oh, really? Yeah, Brandon Allen, I think his name is. Nice. It's kind of funny when you when you watch the NFL and you don't recognize the backups because I mean, usually even to be a backup, you need to have, you know, seen a little bit of starting time or done some stuff in college to be recognizable. So those. Uh, Odd names that pop up are always interesting. Yeah. That's what my father-in-law said. He's like, you know what? You watch college football and then you watch the pros and like a lot of the guys you never even heard of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, Evans with the uh, passing touchdown. Oh, yeah. That's a guy I did not expect to do anything at all in the NFL. I know. I I honestly was surprised he got drafted as high as he did. Yeah, I mean, when he was at Michigan, he couldn't break a tackle to save his life. Mm-hmm. I guess I all mean, he had to do was play the Lions. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm I'm happy for the guy and glad to see him success. I I don't. I I'll be honest. I don't really know the first thing about, <clears throat> you know, players' potential. I guess because mm-hmm. that one was. There have been a couple head scratchers, and then there are, of course, ones that people look and can easily call out that are going to be overhyped. But yeah, another one similar to him that had a halfway decent career in the NFL that I didn't expect was uh, Fitz Tucson. Yeah, he made a couple rosters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did not expect that. Um, one of Craig's favorite players of all time. Oh. Huh. <laughs> 
But yeah, that's really all I have. I mean, it was such a boring game. There's not really much to talk about. Um, one bright part I'll say is that nice pass defense breakup that Derek Barnes had. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember watching that part. That was pretty impressive for a linebacker. That was nice to see, mm-hmm. especially with that linebacking core that's atrocious. A little fine little nuggets here or there. Yeah. Diamonds in the pile of turds. <laughs> that nobody wants to sift through. Yeah. Well, normally, uh, unless you got more to talk about that exciting, amazing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, I would jump in with talking about Michigan's game, but of course, uh, as we all know, it was the bye week, so not much happens. The only it was still thing... better than the Lions game. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would take a Michigan bye week over a Lions game. Um, the only thing that did of great importance change for Michigan is that with the games that were played, they did wind up moving up, and they are now ranked number six. Which Rock. I uh, might be a little bit high. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit too early to tell, but honestly, with a lot of these teams, it's a little bit too early to tell. So, but one thing I will say is Cincinnati is not the number two team in the country. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, I get, I get it. I understand how people have put them there, but they're like more realistically, they're like four or five. Yeah. Isn't her coach Adam Sandler? <laughs> yeah. Somehow he uh, found a coaching career after his uh, Happy Gilmore acting stint. <laughs> they're like, oh, you know sports so well, you should coach. <laughs> He's a pretty good coach, but he talks in a stupid voice all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you would like a piece of pie. Then catch the freaking ball. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That would be be funny. To have him him make another football movie, but be a coach. Oh, my gosh. They should make a mockumentary with him being Cincinnati's head coach. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing! Oh gosh! <laughs> anyway. In all fairness, like in all seriousness, isn't his name Luke Fickle? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> it is Luke Fickle. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, anyways. So uh, nothing really much to talk about there. Uh, do you want me to start talking about Michigan in the preview, or did you want to get the Lions preview in first? Uh, let's get the Lions preview out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> If we go from Michigan bye week to Alliance try week. Yeah. Um, they play the Rams at four on Fox. Um, the Rams have some guy named Stafford at quarterback. Uh, he's already got 16 touchdowns on the season. <laughs> uh, then they got uh, Daryl Henderson at running back. He's had a big game this past week. Um, he's kind of like one of those home run guys, like, he may have a couple runs that are kind of just okay, and then he just like bust like a huge play. He was a guy that I like coming out of college that I wanted the Lions to take a look at, but of course they didn't. Uh, and maybe, maybe if he played for the Patriots first, then Quinn Trisha would have picked him up. Um, and then he got Cooper Cup at 
wide receiver. He's having like a huge season too. He's been like Stafford's best friend. Um, they got a pretty decent receiving core, but a cup's kind of leading the way. Then on the defensive side of the ball, they got Aaron Donald, who's like a one-man wrecking crew. Um, I expect him to at least get one sack on on Goff. Uh, yeah, I just in my notes I just said the Lions are going to get butt slammed. <laughs> Happy it's, reunion. You know what's going to happen? Like Stafford's playing the Lions for the first time after he played for the Lions for over ten seasons. Yeah, he's and- going to come out. And he, like I'm expecting him to throw like 400 yards and about four touchdowns. Yeah, my score is not very favorable. So, <laughs> dude, Joey Harrington came out in his first game against the Lions, and he threw for three touchdowns. <laughs> and Stafford's about ten trillion times better than Joey Harrington was. Yeah, uh, the funny thing is, I really wonder if Stafford. I mean, nobody could really tell or know, but it's just like, do you think Stafford would have a bigger game if he went and played in Detroit or playing at home in L.A.? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if he was in Detroit that he would have an even better performance because he would just like to, you know, show off in front of all the fans. Yeah, well, and he'd be so used to the atmosphere too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm not expecting a close game at all with that. No. no. Especially not after those two back-to-back weeks of bad performances by the Lions offense. Yeah. It's going to be a fun season. Do 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 do. Own 5. How far can we go? How low can you go? <laughs> Oh, and 17, maybe it's, it's It's looking at, it's looking more and more like that. So there's going to be a team to go. The first one to go. Oh, and 17, it's going to be the lions. Lions just want to get that out of the way. They're just like, okay, now get first season. (laughs) The first season was 17 games. Let's just get the, the own 17 out of the way and move on. (laughs) Let's set the bar lower. (laughs) We were in the basement before with the Oh, and 16. Now we can, dig a hole put it down a little bit farther yeah you know like, okay browns we, we were the first ones to go oh and 16 then you guys had to do it a few years later so like, yeah. let's, let's see you match us now they're they're gonna mess it up somehow and get like a tie <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah they're gonna be oh 16 and one <laughs> <laughs> i always wondered if a team went um oh oh and 16 like what would happen that would be so would they be last place or would they make the playoffs <laughs> because they'd be eight and eight technically that is so such a weird thing to think of <laughs> i would love to see it happen i would love to see it happen too it would never happen because i don't oh, know okay. if it, a single team has ever tied twice in a season yeah but then also there's 17 games now so they would have to have one win or one loss well, I mean, well, I guess you go oh oh and seventeen. You could, yeah, but then it wouldn't be an a and a. It'd be eight and a half, eight and a half. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Anyway, the playoffs. Weird. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. Um, <laughs> that's making me laugh. Think about that. All right. Well, 
to uh, more of a main topic, uh, talking about Michigan football again. As Michigan returns from the bye week, number six, Michigan playing a noon game against Northwestern at home. They are favored, currently favored by 23 and a half points, and the over under is 51. So um, I think I'm going to stick with the tradition and we'll go ahead and play our voicemails here first uh, because I know that we're not talking about pass game because there is no pass game to discuss, but uh, we'll get them here at the beginning so I don't wind up messing things up and forgetting to play them all together. So here is our first voicemail for this week. Oh, fellas, Stephen Brown, man, y'all know how I am. Anyway, listen, so I want to address this last episode from last week and, and some of the things y'all said. So this is why I was confident in this season. And, and just hear me out. So you have to look at it, well, from a percentage standpoint, based on who Michigan got rid of and who they had coming in. So my theory was always Don Brown was 50% of the problem. Like We're going to look at it from percentages. He was 50% of the problem because he, I mean, you see him in Arizona. The guy just sucks. He's not any good. Uh, I, I know the saying is, well, you know, certain people have forgotten more football than, than fans can um, remember. Nah, he's just not any good. Don Brown is stubborn. He's not any good. Arizona sucks. Just go look at their stats, man. I mean, the guy, he just sucks. He's not He's not a good defensive coordinator. I, would I be better? I firmly believe I would be better, as would a lot of people. And that's what I believe. But he was 50% of the problem. So you replace him with somebody who's not stubborn, who's young, who's energetic, who's an innovative thinker, then that, that half the problem gone. Half of it. Now, you look at Jay Harbaugh. Jay Harbaugh was 15% of the problem. You replace him with a guy who knows how to be a running back because he was an all-time great running back. In my opinion, the greatest running back in Michigan history, he knows what to do. Look at the running backs. Would they perform this way under Jay Harbaugh? Absolutely not. You know why? Because Jay Harbaugh sucks as a running back coach. He sucks at everything. And he's good at being a Harbaugh. That's it. Nothing more. He's, he's at his job because of nepotism. He, he's not qualified to be a coach. He went to Oregon State, and they wouldn't hire him. Mike Zordich was 10% of the problem. Look how better the DBs are playing. So if we take 50%, 15 and 10, that's 75% of the issue is gone. Right there. Ed Warner, he was like 10% of the problem too. Although the offensive line was putting, putting guys in the NFL, they look better in the NFL than they did at Michigan for whatever reason. That's 85%. Now you've got the last 15% is Jim Harbaugh and his way of thinking. He kept his friends on. He kept guys on that weren't qualified. I, I don't know why, but he just kept them on. Until the boosters told him, hey, we're going to take half your check, and you're going to get rid of some of these, some of your boys. So that's 100% of the issues fixed. And once again, am I saying they're going to win the national title? No. But that's what I was going off of. That's why I knew they would be better. Because they got rid of, and oh, I'm sorry, 5% was the culture because some of those selfish players they had. They had some really bad players, and they're gone. Go Blue. All right, Stephen, thank you for the voicemail and uh, sharing and expanding on your thoughts from last week. And I, I can agree with that. Gosh, I can't remember everything that we said and everything. Um, but I definitely do feel like there was a huge ups, upswing p- 
possible for upswing. In my own personal opinion, I'm not going to speak for you, Brandon. I'll let you say, share your thoughts. But I mean, like from how god awful it was last year, and of course, like the huge question marks because everything was different because of COVID. Blah blah. Every team took it differently. I, uh, especially with the way that things have been for the years, was more hesitant to say, "Oh, things are going to get a lot better really quickly." Yeah. By getting rid of those people, I agree. Like, hey, you know, there's really only going up from here, especially with, I mean, you knew Hart was going to do well. You knew, uh, you imagine um, that getting rid of Don Brown was going to only improve. Uh, But it was one of those things where, you know, a lot of times things take time. So, I mean, yeah, getting having a season, the season be over 500 and, you know, things improving from 2020. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. The huge improvement I did not believe was going to happen this quickly. That's me. That's my own thought. Brandon, I don't know if you felt like um, it was going to take a lot longer personally, or. Uh, I expected it to take longer. I was definitely behind getting rid of Don Brown. I, the entire season last year and the one before that, I was starting to think, you know, other teams have figured out his defense and they know how to attack it. And, you know, the back-to-back blowouts against Ohio State were, like, prime examples of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I expected Michigan to be better this year um, with the coaching. I didn't think they were going to be, you know, this much better. You know, obviously, with my prediction at the beginning of the season. Uh, and yet, Stephen made a really good point that you and I actually talked about. I don't know if we ever talked about it on the show, but we've talked about it, you know, off the air and with other people that why is it that Michigan players always seem to play better when they're in the NFL? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even guys like Quinn Nordine, who yeah. sucked at Michigan, like, I always used to call him Captain Hook because he'd go up there and just like, compl- you didn't even have a shank. He just hooked the ball. And then he makes the Patriots <laughs> before yeah. he got hurt. Like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I mean, we voiced our opinion last year. I mean, I, I thought getting rid of guys uh, was going to be neat. I, uh, actually, sorry, that's not what I wanted to touch on. Uh, that That was another factor that I didn't even touch on was just like, and Stephen brought it up, was like, culture player mentality like Mm -hmm. that night and day i mean how many years has it been probably three or four years that you see that and also we talked about after the nebraska game where even the players were just like oh previous michigan teams probably would lost that game and that's right i mean that is that is the what i expected that is the michigan i was used to where it's just like man in those situations man I can't really feel confident about Michigan because that's how they were. You know, you did mm-hmm. not have that mentality. I don't care about like the quotes you can pull from Devin Bush or uh, from Winovich and things like that. Okay, cool. One player can say something, but it's a, it's a team culture mindset that you just did not see withstand the entire season in the past. And so what you've seen now this season is completely different. So it's just, it's all those things that you believed in and thought and anticipated, but 
did not, I did not personally expect it to be that fast. So I, I'm not saying that Steven's wrong for thinking, oh, it's going to happen that fast. I'm just going off of things that have happened in the past and was thinking, you know, there's going to be a, a season of transition or a season of growth. And essentially they did all that growing from what we've seen so far in the off season. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, nope. Steven, Steven's been confident since the beginning. So definitely kudos to him on uh, his expectations for that. So let's see our next voicemail. All right. So this is my second call. My last one, I promise. So that was 105%. That ain't what I meant. I meant to say Hornball was 5%. And um, the, the other 5% was, that's what the culture means. So, um, yeah, I, I know how to add. Uh, yeah, I mean, as much as I love Nico and those guys and Avery Thomas and those guys, they were selfish for up and out. But they did what was best for their NFL careers. It is what it is. Now you got guys, when you look at the team camaraderie, they care about each other, love one another. They want to play for one another. They listen. Like, and, and you can tell by what some of the coaches say. Like Coach Harbaugh was talking about how this team, you know, listens a little more. They, you know, they, they're, they're listening to the captains. It, it's not just a group of individuals anymore. It's a team. It's a team. And you can tell by the past and by the comments, and some of those other players were divas and prima donnas and just, you know, they did their own thing. They looked like a team. They just didn't perform as a team. Blaming the fans, so on and so forth. It was crazy. But, but yeah, that's why I knew Michigan was going to be better. I didn't think they, I didn't think they'd get to, to be 12 and 0, but I, I knew they would win at least nine or 10 games. And I don't think after watching Michigan State today, that Michigan State can beat them. I mean, all that took coming this, man, please, whatever. And Kenneth Walker, what, he got 80-something yards? Come on, man. Okay. Um, but, yeah, this Michigan is Michigan is better, man. They, you know, that I'm glad they have an off week. I think they'll do what they need to do, come out and whoop no weapons and go from there. But I like seeing this team, how they perform, how they, you know, celebrate with one another, how they just show love towards one another. You can tell it's just it's more of a brotherhood. It's more of a bond than in previous years. Even with the talent, I, I complain about three stars a little bit, but I'd rather have a team full of guys who are who are rated three star or low four star that care about each other than a bunch of individual five stars that that are just worried about their NFL stuff. You know, I'd rather have that any day because that team is going to perform better. It's like comparing a you know a fist to an open hand with five fingers. You know, you do more damage with the fist, and this team is a fist. So yeah, man. Um, I, I can't wait for that Michigan State game. I hope it's in. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it's on TV. I really do. I hope it's on College Game Day because I don't think Michigan State can beat Michigan. And after today, I'm pretty positive it's not going to be close. I love the show. Y'all keep doing what y'all do. Go Blue. All right, Steven. Thank you for that. Honestly, <laughs> uh, I would not have caught your uh, math error. So. Yeah, I didn't get it either. <laughs> Caleb and I both have art degrees. <laughs> yeah, so math numbers, n- no worries here. We're not going to double check your work on any of that. But man, don't 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 be talking about Nico, man. I just <laughs> talked about Nico before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, he's your dude for sure. Nico was my fave. I was always disappointed that the uh, offense wasn't 
better suit for his uh skill set but no i to- i totally get it i mean we kind of touched on most of that um in our response to the first voicemail so uh yeah it's it's awesome to see it's awesome to finally see things come, come together like when when i've been watching this season as it's been going along i've been thinking like you know you think about those teams that have had success for so long like alabama and clemson and ohio state and it's just like man i don't i don't pay enough close attention to them on their culture and their mindset i mean you know Bama has just got that mindset of, you know, they're always a beast and they're always going to be able to bully people around. Mm. I don't really know. Ohio State, I just feel is arrogant, but there's probably more to it than that. But, I mean, this, from what we've seen this season, like, this is what it's supposed to be. This is supposed to be a team. This is supposed to be like, hey, you know, they don't pay attention to the outside noise. They're just working each week and doing what they've been doing and having fun doing it. So yeah, it's been, it's been good to see. So uh, we'll definitely be talking more about the uh, Michigan, Michigan state stuff after this weekend, um, just because I got to save time to talk about Northwestern. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah. So Northwestern, uh, they always seem to be like, two years or so of nothing. And then they have one really good year. This is definitely not that year for them. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, they were doing kind of like a rotation of quarterbacks and they mm-hmm. finally settled on their uh, uh, transfer quarterback, Ryan Helinski, <clears throat> who's done pretty well. He's kind of made the team more balanced. Uh, they were definitely more, uh, run offense and now they can run and pass. Uh, he's pretty accurate uh, when it comes down to it. Um, he's got his uh, leading wide receiver, a Robinson Jr. So be sure to, uh, he's a transfer as well from Kansas. Uh, you'll be sure to hear his name called this coming weekend. And their leading rusher is Hull. <clears throat> who, interestingly enough, uh, is pretty close to uh, Corum's stats for Michigan's leading rusher. He just doesn't have as many touchdowns. So, yeah, Northwestern is uh, where to go. They are 3-3. Three and three. They just got their first conference win against Rutgers. And their three wins have come at home. Uh, the other two wins, I think, were Indiana State. I'm not looking at it. I think it was Indiana State and um, Ohio. And I don't even know if Ohio's won a game yet. So nothing too impressive there. They are a sucker for letting people run all over them. So I have a feeling that... Michigan is going to go back to their run game big time. It's a home game. The Michigan fans have been loving the running game. Uh, And so Northwestern uh, in their opener against Michigan State lets them put up over 300 rushing yards. And Walker just had like 
a heyday with them. I can't remember how many touchdowns it was. I think it was four. But then they played Nebraska um, on the second, and they let them put up 427 rushing yards. Jeez. Yeah. I almost want to make my question of the week if Michigan will break 400 rushing yards. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, expect a lot of running. I am just crossing my fingers right now. So help me God that Michigan runs to the outside and does not run in between the tackles the entire day. While it will probably work, they have success on the outside and I still do not understand why they don't do it more often that I, that is going to like, I'm going to put that on my gravestone at this rate that Michigan just needs to run outside. But anyways, um, so this looks like um, a good game to come out of the bye week with at home against Northwestern. Um, like I said, I don't expect them to pass a whole lot. They might do it more than they did in the first few games. Um just to kind of keep the passing game moving along. Uh, it's been three games since Michigan has broken 300 yards. Um, their four home games, they had three of them with the 300 rushing yards and the Rutgers, I still do not understand this, held them to 112. Um, passing yards have been working well uh, for Michigan, so they could keep doing that if they want. Actually, probably wouldn't be a bad idea to try to get more experience with the uh, receivers since they're still relatively young and inexperienced to a certain degree. I do imagine that we'll probably see uh, McCarthy play more in this game um, because Michigan will probably have a comfortable lead and they seem to like keeping him involved. I just hope that they don't have him run too much. I know that's what he's been doing a lot, but I mean, you need to have a good, healthy backup. Yeah. So I agree. Um, and then the defense will probably swallow Northwestern up. I imagine that they will um keep them pretty well contained uh in this game. Considering where was it? I had it right here. Offense. Uh Northwestern's kind of in the middle of the conference for total offense. Um, but yeah, another reason why I'm saying that Michigan's going to have a big day is that Northwestern is almost not quite, but almost dead last in the conference for total defense. So have yourself a day, Wisconsin <laughs> or Northwestern, and enjoy playing Michigan. So yeah, I mean, just some straight up numbers, uh, points per game. Northwestern's only been putting up about 21 points. Michigan's been uh, averaging 38. Uh, Northwestern is allowing 23 points a game, and Michigan has been holding opponents to about 15 points per game. So I think, where is it? Yeah, right now Michigan is favored to win the game at 95%. So rock sounds like it'll be a, a fun one to attend. If anybody's going this weekend. All right. Um, man. Yeah. I don't know that there's a lot, a lot more to kind of go in and break it down. 
because we'll be touching on things with our predictions. But uh, Brandon, anything to say about the upcoming game for the Wolverines? Um, no, kind of pretty much what you were saying that, you know, I'm expecting Michigan to be able to run the ball fairly well against Northwestern. I mean, everybody else has. Um, and I don't, I don't know, going with what Steven was saying about Michigan State, um, I don't know if it's like so easy to chalk it up as like an instant win just because I know like Michigan State always comes out and plays us really hard. Like, I do think we're going to win. Uh, I didn't at the beginning of the season, but I do now. Um, and I do think that State's one of the worst undefeated teams because <laughs> mm. they've had so many close calls with teams that really aren't all that great. Yeah. And I mean, outside of the running back, what do they have? Mm-hmm. Not not and, a heck of a lot. And India and Indiana pinned them down pretty good. So yeah. I mean, the quarterback's been pretty solid, but that's easier to do when you have a running back that everybody's worried about. Right. But, you know, as far as Northwestern, I'm I'm not really worried about that game at all. Um, I mean, I guess I can talk a little bit more about it when we get the the scores. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's there's no need to worry with that right there. So, yeah, why don't we just kind of go into predictions because we'll expand a little bit more on what's uh, – we've been talking about we'll start with everybody's favorite game of the week as the lions play the rams and so the lions are 15 point underdogs the over (laughs) under is 50 and a half yeah brandon i'll let you start this amazing conversation Hmm. well like i said i think matthew saber's gonna come like lights out um I'm going to go as far as to say that he'll probably have a completion percentage over 70%. Um, I don't think he's going to throw any interceptions. And I'm expecting um, at least three touchdowns thrown. Uh, I just, dude, I can't even see the Lions getting past 10 points either against the Rams defense. Yeah, I got the Rams winning this one 35 to 10. I think the Lions will score a touchdown to get a field goal, but it'll probably be like a garbage time touchdown <laughs> where it doesn't really even matter. Yeah, no, I wouldn't uh, be surprised by that at all. All right, I am uh, going to kind of one-up you a little bit there. Well, actually, no, it's going to be... Oh, actually, we're going to have the same spread um i'm not expecting much more from the detroit offense i am going to give them 13 points um and i'm expecting a little bit more from the rams offense and uh, doing 38 points i was really close and tempted to maybe do 42 points um just because uh, we both feel that way, that Stafford's just going to have like an amazing game and Detroit is going to look bad because they are bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, and they'll probably just pass all day against the line defense. Um, my, my, you know, give the Detroit defense a little bit of credit. I mean, maybe they'll um, 
Stafford's leaps, uh, in my opinion, leaps and bounds better than Joe Burrow. Um, and he'll, he's uh, going to be able to do more. But uh, the Lions might be able to hold him back for like the first half maybe. So that's not a runaway game. But I fully anticipate the second half is just going to be all Rams. Oh, yeah, for sure. So Ramalama Ding Dong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So then uh, the highlight to go back to college football. Man, I missed this. Saturday was uh, not to get too sidetracked. Saturday was nice to be able to do a bunch of stuff that I've been putting off. Uh, I don't know if you kind of like packed your day full of stuff because there was no Michigan game to work around, but yeah, did you? <laughs> yeah, we had a full day of stuff. Um, we went to like a, a farm and stuff. We took our kids to um, like a farm patch. that's got like you know petting zoo and that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, we did that one time during the week, but yeah, no. Saturday we did. Uh, it actually worked out perfectly because it was my wife's birthday weekend too. I, I tweeted that out there that it was like a godsend. <laughs> <laughs> so we were able to celebrate her birthday on Saturday and go out and do some extra stuff. Uh, get, let her uh, go on a little bit of a shopping trip for her. And I was just like, I don't care. There's no Michigan game. So <laughs> anyways, uh, this weekend, uh, free your schedule around noon, folks, because that's when Michigan plays Northwestern. 23 and a half point favorites. The number 16 in the country over under 51 points um man you know what actually getting here i totally did not prepare um thinking about scores so um yeah i think that northwestern is not gonna do a whole lot kind of like the lions (laughs) um so i'm gonna give them i'm i'm actually gonna do 13 points Northwestern as well uh, and then Michigan I you know what I'm I'm just gonna copy my score uh, yeah I'm gonna say 38 to 13 Michigan over Northwestern I don't know if that'll line up right with my expectation that Michigan's going to run all over them. I'm probably not giving Michigan enough points thinking about it, but (laughs) we'll we'll see. Oh, gosh. Actually, now that I'm looking at it, that's going to be spot on with the over-under of 51 points. Nice. That's funny. Anyways, Brandon, your thoughts? Uh, It's funny you say that you're probably not giving them enough points. Because I have Michigan winning forty-five to thirteen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, like you said, I expect Michigan to just be running all over them, um, and I expect you know Michigan's defense to kind of shut Northwestern's offense, you know what they have for an offense down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, the defense is going to swallow up. Man, that that defense has been great and their ability to lock down the running game while still putting pressure on the quarterback because because that was a huge question mark and and i still feel like it is the defense's um weakness achilles heel whatever you want to call it is Mm. the secondary 
um, you know, if, if they give the quarterback too much time. Because there, there have been different times where you, you can pay attention with a game where it's just like, oh, man, the defense, the secondary got saved there, you know. Um, but I don't think that's going to even really be a concern with this game. Because, um, you know, the level of conditioning and level of athlete Michigan usually has compared to Northwestern, uh, I think they have an easier time keeping up so i think it's going to be more of a lockdown game so yeah i mean gosh heck you know honestly now that i'm thinking about it and saying out loud i i could feel i could feel a shut shut out with this one yeah i can see that happening so but i'm sticking with my thir- 38 to 13 so that's where we're at. All right. Well, point wise, uh, both of us had the same, uh, got the same points last week. So we're, I'm still leading by just one point. Um, and we are going into our locks of the week. I get jump started with the Big Ten. Uh, Big Ten kind of sucks this weekend a little bit. Um, but I was uh, mentioning this on Twitter where if things pan out, if Minnesota, you know, it gets their act together. There could be a potential that they may take the West, <laughs> uh, which is kind of surprising because Iowa fell to Purdue. And so Iowa looks vulnerable. So Minnesota does not have that difficult of a schedule left. Uh, they still have to play Iowa and Wisconsin, but outside of that, I think they'll probably win out. So uh, Minnesota is only a five-point favorite at home versus Maryland. I'm going to take lock them in to cover that, and we'll kind of see how they play out for the rest of the season. Rock. Brandon, NFL, what you got? Oh, man, NFL seemed kind of tough this week. Um, Just, yeah, anytime there's like a matchup with a good team versus a bad team, that's, the point spread was just crazy. Like the 15 points of the Rams – over the lines do i think they'll cover that probably yeah but i never like bet against the lions because <laughs> it always <laughs> blows up in your face uh there was another one too it was like the cardinals over uh the texans Houston, yeah Texans. it was like 17 and a half like my gosh um so I, i'm gonna take the raiders to cover three points over the eagles i have no faith in an eagles team I mean, the Raiders are out without John Gruden now, but they yeah, still for, got a pretty good team. Yeah, they won this past weekend, so. Right. We'll see. We shall see. Well, we like to finish with our questions of the week. Uh, I'll get things started with the Michigan question. Um, and I actually kind of talked about earlier because uh, Michigan is back playing at home and they have a – suitable opponent uh, with their rushing attack and their thunder and lightning is Michigan going to have their fourth game of rushing over 300 yards. Brandon, what you say? I'm going to say yes. All right. Well, we both agree because I already have yes written down. <laughs> so, and what do you have for the lions? I'm going to say, will Matthew Stafford have twice as many passing yards as Jared Goff? Ooh. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. Well, I I love being controversial. 
So I'm going to switch things up and I'm going to say no, because that's the gutsy thing to do. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> you're the one who's definitely taking a, the leap of faith on that one. I mean, I, I'm, I definitely do not think it's an outrageous thing to think or to expect, but with the way Goff's been playing the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I think he'll be lucky to get like 200 yards and I think Stafford could easily throw for four. Watch Goff's going to be benched. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to be out there. He'll pass for like 50 yards and then a different quarterback will go in. <laughs> Gets hurt or something. And then Blau has to come in. Oh man. All right. Well, another episode in the books. Oh man. So looking so many things to look forward to for me for this weekend, but definitely uh, being able to watch Michigan play again is going to be nice. Uh, don't forget, you can call each week if you want to talk about the Lions or if you want to talk about Michigan. Our voicemail number is 551-258-3276. We are the home of where the fans can share their thoughts because, like I say, I don't believe there's another show out there that has a voicemail system like ours. So feel free to let us know. Hope uh, you all get to enjoy the weekend of football. And as always, we'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue.